This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce. Joey and Alex back on a Tuesday. No games to recap. Hate these days. We get so used. We've gotten so used. I think we're spoiled. I think the bubble has spoiled us having games every single day, hasn't it? Like I get one. What we get one night off. I, and I'm I just like, oh. Yep. I'm like, oh, what are we gonna do? Uh, but there was some news that we didn't get to cut. Ruben was awesome yesterday, wasn't he? I mean, dude. That guy, great that episode, guy, yeah. Ruben, I know you're listening. Great episode. Awesome. Sneaker King, baby. On the pod. Um, follow. Follow the Sneaker King right now. Yeah. But what we didn't get to talk about with him, which actually probably would have been good to talk about with him because it heavily involves LeBron, was uh, Giannis winning MVP this weekend. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Let's, let's, what I wanted, I want to talk about that. We're going to spend some, a good amount of time on that, but let's talk about tonight's game since there was no games last night. We had Lakers-Nuggets game three tonight. We usually preview at the end, but why not just talk about that since that's the, the most current thing right now. Uh, Lakers are minus six and a half game three. I've made my thoughts on this series clear, I think, yesterday that I think it's either going to be a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. So I, I just don't see... Unless, like, you know, what was interesting yesterday to me. Obviously, they play hard, but it was one of those games where like they gave them their best shot, and I'm not sure they can recover. I still think they're going to play them tough. Michael Porter Jr. was really good. He had 15. You know, if you can get like a a 20 a 25 point game out of him, you know, one of the if he can like explode one of these games, maybe they can pull. Maybe they can do something. But I just don't. I just don't think they have enough. I just don't see how I don't see what they can do. You mean to like make it a real series, right? Like you wouldn't be shocked if they won a game. You said gentleman sweep, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think they could win it. I'm with you. I think it could probably be four one. Four two. I mean, I, just, I guess it like, could be four two. Then it's. It's, I've been so wrong. Every single thing I've said about the Nuggets proved to not be true. So well, I think that's to... everybody, though. I don't think. See, I, it's such yeah, a weird. It's I, a weird year. Like I, I don't think you're different, or we, or I'm different in that respect. I think we're in the majority here. That no, there were yeah. when teams don't come back from three one. First of all, right? It's only happened like twelve times, thirteen times now. So no one expected it to happen in the first round, let alone twice in a row. So you, you just assume that they're gonna they're not gonna do it three times in a row, and they're down two right. zero. So eventually, the the odds are they're gonna be down at least three one again in this series. 
if they win a game. Yeah, and I feel like we we know what Mike Malone's telling his team, right? Is like, hey, they needed like a career shot from Anthony Davis to to win that game. You know, we can play with this team. Uh, we should have had a win. They stole one from us. Uh, Mike Malone's a great coach, and I'm sure he's going to have them playing super hard. But I said it last night. It just seems like a backbreaking shot. Um, but then again, Nuggets can come out and win this game, and I would not be surprised. I would be sh- shocked if they won the series. I still think it's a series. Uh, my prediction would be 4-2. Um, but, man, I'm still rooting for the Nuggets. I just wanted them to win that game I last think the night. Lakers are going to win by a lot. Extremely- yeah, I mean, the thing we, we also didn't touch on last night was how weird of a game LeBron had. Like, he had 20 points in the first half, and I think he finished with 26. He didn't have very many assists. I don't think he scored um, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so, you know, if he had a bad second half and that's what you needed to be in it, that's not right. good for the Nuggets, you know? Right. <laughs> if LeBron plays the way he and normally Jokic, plays for 48 again, minutes, they, they might get stomped out. Jokic scored, what, 13 points in a row at one point? Mm-hmm. But also... Like Ruben brought it up yesterday on the show, which I sort of just glossed over, which is which is my fault. The the fact that Mason Plumlee had one of the worst defensive plays in the history of basketball in that last. Oh. I mean, no, no, really. If you go back, if you go back and watch it, and you know what? But credit to Mason Plumlee because he's created a lot of Twitter X's and O's experts now. Because literally, I mean, it, it was the most obvious bad defensive. Like it was the most obvious defensive mess up. There, there could be. It was so blatant, and that, and like everyone on Twitter has a breakdown of what happened. It, there's nothing to break down. Mason Plumley, inst- <laughs> he wasn't being screened, and he ran to the screen instead of going over it. Like he literally just ran to LeBron and pointed at AD and was like, "Jeremy Grant, switch!" Like instead of just going. Like, and I, look, at the end of games, generally, teams switch everything. This is what you do, just so you don't get caught on the screen. But you have to be getting screened to call for a switch. And, like, yeah. LeBron maybe was supposed to screen him, but he didn't. Like, Mason Plumlee just ran to the to the screener instead of just going over. Right. It was awful. And it's <sighs> like, you know, there just simply was not enough time left to not go over that screen. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to try to go to the rim. He well, but you, but if he's, but, but here's the thing. If, if LeBron, well, the screen was supposed to be before the inbound. It wasn't supposed to, it, the, the screen is before the inbound to get AD open. So if LeBron actually screened him, then there's a switch. And you're supposed to switch to not even allow the pass to happen. Also, I saw someone saying like, how do you not have Bull Bull in defending the inbound uh, pass? Give me a break. Come on. No, to, to defend the inbound. You, uh, Rondo, I, I I would do it. Why not? What, what's there's there? He doesn't have to do anything other than stand in front of the inbounder. There's two sec. What was there? Two seconds. Uh, I think there was one point five. I, yeah. I, I, so I mean, he's not playing defense. He's literally not playing defense. He he's because the it's a catch and shoot situation. So all he has to do is just stand there, and whether it works or not, whether that's a real thing or a fake, you know, strategically speaking. I'm just saying if that's you're gonna not have an someone thing to gripe about. Like, no, like, I know, but yeah. it just it's 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 interesting. They could have done it, but either way, yeah, it's a crushing game. Um, I would like to see Denver. I saw them do it a couple possessions, but not many. I'd like to see them zone a little bit, but I don't know because zone like 
you know, LeBron and AD, it, it's all one-on-one for the most part. Like, they have to take over games to, for the Lakers' offense to work, and that the zone can really impact that. They didn't really do it much. I'll be interested to see if they do that a little more, but I still think the Lakers win. Uh, all right, let's talk about MVP. So Giannis won his back-to-back MVPs this weekend. Uh, so he won MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. LeBron wasn't LeBron LeBron was not on, and let's also just say this it's a it's a regular season award so we're going to discuss that but all the pe- but anyone who's complaining like Giannis was the best player in the regular season and he was on the best team so technically if if that's what the criteria is he deserved to win MVP it's a regular season award maybe the the thing is that the award needs to change which we'll discuss but he deserved to win, and even LeBron wasn't saying that he was mad about Giannis winning. He was mad about the vote. So this first clip, I'm going to play these clips. One, the first one's pretty long. It's about a minute and a half. But it's he, So basically they asked him about it. He said he was pissed. Um, and then he got into the whole voting thing and the criteria. Um, and th- this is the clip that of him sort of talking about the voting process that – went, I guess, viral. It's just the the voting scale is a little weird to me sometimes. I mean, if you take 2012, if you just just stick with me here, 2012, 2013, I had a chance to be defensive player of the year and also MVP in the same season. Um, And that year, Mark Gasol was rewarded defensive player of the year but he made second team all defense. Okay, so that doesn't make sense. It's, it's like being the MVP of the league, but you make second team all NBA. That's when I really started to look at things a little bit kind of like differently. I was like, how does that even make any sense? Um, it's like being rookie of the year, but you make second team all rookie. You know, and then I looked at the most improved this year and rightfully so, Brandon Ingram was amazing. And I, you know, I thought he should have won it. But did you see the votes that Devontae Graham get? He averaged four points last year compared to 17 and a half. If that's not improving, what is? And it's, it's, it's just a, it's a weird thing sometimes that be, you just, I don't know how much we are really watching the game of basketball or are we just, in the narration mode, the narrative. So I agree with basically everything he said. The only thing that needs to be clarified is in 2012, the, which is to think back that this is how it was, is so absurd. Defensive player of the year was voted on, by the coaches defensive all NBA all defensive team was voted on by the media so the coaches voted Marcus all defensive player of the year and the media put him on the second team so his gripe with that year different it's different people voting so but other than that he I, I agree with everything he said and I, particularly the narrative part i i think there's a lot of times 
where either before or 10, 15 games into the season, the media makes a decision on who's going to win a lot of these awards or who they want to win these awards. Like Brandon, like the, the he brought up most improved player. Brandon Ingram had a great year. He probably deserved to win it, but it probably didn't hurt that he was in LA and he stunk and he was the second pick and LeBron went to LA and sort of shipped him out for AD and he goes to New Orleans and has a resurgence. Because to me, he's the second pick in the NBA draft. He's doing what he was supposed to do. Maybe he didn't improve. Maybe he was in a better situation. I don't know. But Devontae Graham definitely improved. Guy was undrafted, I think. Guy wasn't supposed to be in the NBA. Average 17 a game on a team that shouldn't have had any reason to compete this year and was competitive up until the very end. So he was I, one of the top, top three-point shooters in the league as well. He averaged like seven assists a game. He was really good. Like, really good. Shockingly good for who uh, who would have known. Like, even in college, I remember watching him at Kansas. This kid's not going to be in the NBA. It's just not good enough. Proved, that, proved everyone wrong. So, yeah, getting only three votes is crazy. So I, I agree with him. I think the narr- I think there is a lot of like you come up with you come they come up with these narratives, and then it's well, like that's what uh that's what journalists do, and th- those are the voters. You know, they, yeah. like that's the issue is all these people are just in general when people are voting on something they're not supposed to have biases, but everybody has these biases, and especially I think journalists have them as much as anybody. Um, geez, it was a motorcycle brigade down the block there but uh that's 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 on that's you again rough the passion rough riders just came through dude (laughs) it's a philly thing it's gotta be (laughs) but uh yeah i think the narrative i mean narrative is like just a a great way to put it and it just sucks because i I don't think the casual fan really knows how much these awards and team voting can really affect contracts and negotiations and things like that um the importance that these things hold i think that that means that the voters have to take it a lot more seriously and there can't be, you know, Oh, I like this guy um, or I cover this guy or this guy slighted me in an interview, you know, yeah. and that, that stuff's happening. I know for a fact that stuff's happening. Dude, there was um, there, in most improved player, the Detroit, a writer from Detroit voted for Christian Wood. Jesus, which don't get me wrong. Christian Wood had a really good year. He actually, I mean, he did. He had a really good year. Yeah. But come on. Yeah. He was, I think he was on your team. I'm going to get off topic for a second here, but bear with me. But Terrell Owens was not a first ballot Hall of Famer in the NFL because he pissed so many writers yeah. off. And it just proves like there's, there is not objectivity when it comes to these votes. Um, yeah, there's just, like, a, and there's so many. You know? I mean, I, I guess it's good to have a big sample size, but there's so many writers that vote like uh there's i worked i mean i've worked in i worked in the nba and in sports media for the past 10 years you've been working in sports media for a long time now um i look at this list and i haven't heard of half of these people and then again just the qualifications of who gets the vote i think that needs to get out like you know what let's just get into the maria taylor thing right now Mm -hmm. right so Doug Gottlieb called out Maria Taylor. And I don't want this is not me supporting Doug Gottlieb because that guy's an idiot. But Alex, you have his tweet? 
pulled up? Yeah, let me pull it up here. Yeah, this is what incited this whole thing with Maria Taylor. Um, so Maria Taylor left Anthony Davis off of all three of her NBA completely teams. Completely off. She had a, a, completely. Mm-hmm. First, second, or third. Didn't put him on. Anthony Davis. Um, and she has since acknowledged that that was a mistake, but this, what did, this tweet has pissed a lot of people yeah. off. Yeah, here it is. He goes, why does Maria Taylor have a vote? Real question. She is a studio host slash sideline reporter in her first year covering the NBA. She works a ton, not just on the league. No reason for her to have a vote. So, um, so and then her response was, response was, because I played basketball, I cover the league, and I deserve everything I've worked hard for. Uh, and a lot of people are calling him misogynist and sexist, and he, he might very well might be. I mean, he's kind of an idiot. But in this respect... This is the problem with the vote, right? Like players, mm-hmm. players lot like their 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 bonuses, contracts. These awards are tied to their livelihoods. And I work hard. I cover a lot of stuff. I made a mistake and I left a top five player in the NBA who probably deserved MVP votes. All three All NBA teams because I made a mistake. Well, then you don't get a vote. You're done. You're out. Yeah. I don't care and who you are. I don't care again, I'm not, what network you work for. You're done. You, you, that is, there's no like three strikes for this. I don't think. I think if a voter clearly, I, I think it's such an honor as a member of the media to get that vote, to be one of those people who gets that vote. That means you have made it to the top of the profession covering that sport. You mess it up, you're out, at least for a year. Earn your way back. I think so too. And again, I'm not going to defend Doug Gottlieb because I just, I don't really think he's a stand up guy. But if this was a man that left Anthony Davis off of all three, I think he tweets the exact same thing. You know, yeah, like it's, yeah, it's yeah. not about, yeah. it's, it's about the mistake. Yeah, we don't even have to, no, no, we don't, man, and we don't have to get into to that too much. Yeah. Gottlieb's, Gottlieb's, he's an idiot. But he's, but the, the context, like leaving Anthony Davis off of all NBA first second and third team is is bad and there's just there's stuff all like uh who's the guy i'm gonna pull it up defensive there's there's a writer who who voted for um for andre drummond for defensive player of the year Yeesh. there's a, there's a guy joe cowley from chicago sun times voted for pat beverly for defensive player of the year. Uh, Greg Logan from Newsday voted for Andre Drummond for defensive player of the year. Like these are like these people should not be voting. They just shouldn't. There was two people that should have been voted for for defensive player of the year by the numbers, by team numbers, by individual metrics, by anything. There's no excuse other than bias or they don't know the game. It needs to, that needs to change. It's just stupid. But I also think that, um, well, here's, here's another clip that, here's another thing. LeBron actually said this before the other quote, when they're asking him about like the criteria for MVP. It's changed over the years since I've gotten to the league. I know that, um, you know, it's just changed. It's changed a lot. You know, sometimes it's, you know, the best player on the best team. Sometimes it's the guy with the best season statistically. Uh, sometimes uh, if 
it, it, it's changed over the course of uh, over the course of my career. I mean, you know, you don't know, you don't, you don't know. But I, you know, you know, Giannis had a hell of a season. I, I can definitely say that. He's right. It changes every year, based on the narrative that the media wants to portray. Because Russell Westbrook, you know, averages a triple double for the first time since Oscar Robertson on a six seed. So he's not the best player on the best team. And, but he had a historic year. So he gets MVP. Giannis, you could argue, you could make the argument LeBron had a better year. But he was the best player on the best team, so they gave it to Giannis. And I think the Russell Westbrook MVP actually has very much impacted the way people vote. Because I think a lot of people look back on that MVP and they go, okay, he did have a great statistical season, but that team sucked. So he did it on a really bad team. Uh, not on a really bad team. They made the playoffs. But, you know, I think people look back on what Russ has become and what that team became and say, did he really deserve to win MVP just because he got triple-double? Eh. Is he the most valuable player because he averaged a triple-double? Eh. So now I think there's a lot of people who come into the season and say, all right, the best player on the best team is going to win MVP. Is that what the award is? I don't think so. I don't no, think that. I don't think so. Because do, go ahead, yeah. Go. Do, does the NBA have a criteria laid out, or is it simply the most valuable player? It's and then literally it's literally just a name. It's literally just a name, which is why I wish they would change right. it to most outstanding player, like the NCAA tournament. Right. Well, how would that change it for you? I mean, because yeah, like it changes no... the, the the meaning. Most valuable and outstanding are different things. Yeah. The well, most valuable. What... There are metrics. There are literally statistics that are on the NBA website and on basketball reference that are value. Um, value over replacement player, which is literally what it says. It's basically mm -hmm. if you were to take a player off a team and put a G League player in, in to replace him, how many wins would your team lose if you did that? James Harden leads the league in that. Seven. If you took seven wins away from the Rockets, they'd be an eight seed. They would probably get they probably and then they would have lost the Lakers in the first round instead of the second round. You take Giannis was second in that six and six and a half wins. Bucks are a two seed if you take those six and a half wins away. So who's the most valuable oh, player? Yeah, LeBron I, was six point one. If you take those six point one wins away, they're a two or a three seed. So value is relative. I mean, it's just sort of relative, like value. But the thing is, is the thing about this. LeBron's six wins are in the West. Giannis's are in the East. How much does that come into account? Right. Yeah. There's like you, the stats that you just referenced, they aren't perfect either, you know? So that's why it's cool to have like this human vote. But I, 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 I kind of like that idea. You change it to most outstanding player. And that terminology or that label that you give the award actually would, I mean, Russ seems more deserving at that point because he had a season nobody had had since Oscar Robertson. There would, there would so be, I can swallow. there would be absolutely no argument period about Russ. Right. It just would, I would not, I, mean, I would never have made, if it was most outstanding mm -hmm. player, but if it's most valuable player, I mean, you could argue that that team wouldn't have made the playoffs without Russ, but they're also, who cares? They're not. They weren't going to win a championship. So who cares if they didn't make the playoffs? Mm -hmm. So value is so relative. The core of the core of what we're talking about is why are semantics influencing such important things like contracts and 
and negotiations and that sort of thing. Like right. if we can't even pin down precisely what the most valuable player is or needs to be, it definitely shouldn't be kicking in escalators for contracts and things like that. Absolutely. Um, uh, so I mean, I, I think more than anything, it should just be a fun discussion point. It shouldn't be like. And also you know, it's this... like th- just the way like it, it doesn't just impact contracts. It impacts legacies, right? You, you have these guys. Yeah. Who, uh, once again, I'm not going to bring up anybody in particular, but I can tell you that at least, let's say there's 120 people voting, 30 of them are slapdicks. Like, they're just idiots. <laughs> who, you know, who just grinded it out, worked at a local paper, and then worked their way up and whatever, they're at the, the whatever morning star or whatever outlet, and they got to vote. Right? But, like, Kevin Durant's been the MV- the runner-up for MVP three times to LeBron all three times. Kevin Durant... You'll never could, remember it, yeah. Unless you'll you're never searching. remember it. And when you're talking about Kevin Durant's legacy, if he had three MVPs, you'd be looking at him different. But he finished second three times. People don't really like Kevin Durant that much. That's for a litany of other things, but sure, <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yeah, um, Larry Bird, four times. LeBron, four times. LeBron has four MVPs and he's finished second four times. That's what's crazy. Yeah, he could maybe have had we, eight MVPs. Maybe we need to put more of a weight on top three or top two MVP finishes. You know, that that'd be an interesting list. Or just but again, less weight. Or just less weight on regular season MVP. Mm-hmm. I do think they need like they need to reinforce that as the regular season MVP. You know what I mean? I mean, right. Or, or do you get rid of it and just make it all the way through the playoffs? Or do you create, instead of having a finals MVP, do you do a postseason MVP? Uh, yeah. I mean, because finals MVP there, I, is cool, but it's just for I, one series. Yeah. Right, like an Andre Iguodala think... can lock up LeBron and get Finals MVP, but he, was he the best player for the playoffs for that team? That's a good point. Yeah, like LeBron would have won, or I'm sorry, Steph or I right. forget who who sure. Iggy beat out that year, but yeah. Uh, yeah, or Tony Parker. Yeah, I, I'd be all for that. Tony, Parker, I, I don't think you should. Yeah, you know, got, I don't think you should anybody. get rid of uh, a regular season MVP award because it is important. It is an incredible accomplishment to be the best player across an 82 game season. It just yeah, I to agree. me, yeah, that's true. Just to me, isn't as you know monumental as I mean. I think a Finals MVP is the highest award in basketball. I that's and I don't know if everybody agrees with that, but if you have a Finals MVP, I think that says yeah. more to me than the yeah. eighty-two game. Well, it's weird, right? Like, I yes, there, there's part of me. I think it's context because again, I'm going to keep bringing up Iguodala. Is Andre Iguodala's Finals MVP more important than anybody's regular season MVP? I would say yeah, I really would, because he did it against the second best team in the league. Whereas the your MVP across an eighty-two game season, in a way, is you accruing stats against a lot of shitty teams. You know, it's that the awards are different. One is based on consistency and bringing it every single night, and to me, the more important one is shining on the absolute biggest stage in a seven game series. 
Um, so, and again, I, if somebody disagrees with that, I'm, you're not going to get a big argument from me, well, but that's I, where I, I, I get it. But that's where I think postseason MVP would be. I'd be fully down for that. Because 100%. again, Andre Iguodala didn't get the Warriors to the finals. That te- Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, you know, one of the best teams ever got them to the finals. He won. He helped them win that series. He was the best defensive player and shut down LeBron in that series. Does that necessarily mean that that award is more important than a regular season MVP for a guy averaging thirty a game on and giving his team a one seed to have home court? You know, I just I do think that there are a lot of inst- instances where Finals MVP is more important just because, like. For example, Kevin Durant winning finals MVP with the Warriors is more important than Kevin Durant winning regular season MVP with the Thunder to me. Yeah. Because they I mean, yeah, that's where they I, went I because yeah. they lost the year before. They got Kevin Durant and then they won two in a row. So Kevin Durant, I mean, he's probably the MVP of that team and he's probably the finals MVP. He won two titles. They won two titles, arguably because they got KD. So that's makes it important. That's where I think context comes into it. But if you change it to just all the whole postseason and you had a bigger sample size, that would be cool. I'm, I'd be down with that. Yeah, that's a great idea. But I think it would. Uh, I think it would totally just people would not care about regular season MVP at all. They would just stop caring. I think they have already pretty much stopped. Started to started to stop caring. I stopped caring after <sighs> Russ got it. After who? Sorry. After after Russ got it. Right, also, yeah. here's the other one. James Harden. Every year that James Harden's been second in MVP voting, he had a legitimate argument to win MVP. Well that yeah, and that's there I think it's it's a better and it's people better hate, for it to just they hate, serve they as a, a point of debate. It's just a fun debate to have. Who is the best player in the league? But like why are we giving 120 people the final say? And clearly a bunch of them don't really care that much about making uh, a legit vote well they need to t- they either need to tighten up the criteria and what the award is or don't like you said don't tie it to contracts because i i, t- I wholeheartedly disagree with random writers that don't know lebron or don't know Giannis having an impact on these 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 contract kickers right it just it's weird to me it just, i don't does it happen Honestly, like that in other sports uh, I know it does oh, the, where the awards like can escalate contracts and influence. I, I mm-hmm. think it does in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's on like a case by case negotiation. Like, the right. Agent. No, th- these are like locked it. into the CBA. Yeah, in the NBA. Right. Um, I don't know, why, why don't we just have the coaches do it? Like, like well, they that's did. such a better system. Why isn't the coaches? They did it. They used to do it for defensive player of the year. And then they, I mean, but they took it away and they made it uniform where everything is media. And there's a fan vote, I think, too. Like, what is the downside of the coaches voting for MVP besides that there's fewer voters? I don't know. I don't know. GMs, too. Why don't you make it, like, influential people in the league? Ah, you could do that. Yeah. I don't know. The one thing that we both definitely agree on is that the all-NBA teams should be positionless. Yeah, for sure. I bet you it gets there the next five years. That was the best thing. That was one of the best things that came out of the bubble was that the all-bubble team was just the five best players. Yep. Which is great because they need to do that. 
I bet you in the next CBA, I'm assuming those kind of details are ironed out in the CBA. I bet you in the next CBA, the, uh, the, all, the all NBA teams are positionless. The only other thing is I don't to just to cap this with for so I think clearly like there's just they gotta figure some things out with it. But I will say this. LeBron was mad about getting how many votes he got. How many did he want? Like what would have made him happy? Yeah. He didn't he wasn't really mad. He was just like He said he was pissed. He said twice that he was pissed. Oh, I didn't, didn't play it. I didn't play it. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, he I, said he was pissed twice about the results, hmm. and, but he but he we clarified the, the amount that he got sixteen votes. I, I, what would have been, what would have made him happy? I, <laughs> I don't know. Twenty five. This, this it does it does strike He's me competitive. a little. He's just competitive. Well, yeah, it does it does strike me a little bit as a LeBron. Oh, like pumping himself up. Like giving himself more motivation in year 17. Well, my thing, I've always measured, I know we're trying to wrap up the MVP discussion, but my definition, personal definition of like value and most valuable player is if you had to play a game tomorrow, what player do you want most? Like what player do you need right now to win one game? But that's why it's LeBron over Giannis. Well, that's why the, well, it, well, that's why the word valuable probably can get taken out and changed. I think the mm-hmm. best change to the award would be clarifying and defining it. I'm with because, you. Because, yeah, if it's if it's really the most valuable player, then it's LeBron every year. And LeBron when Mike, could have nine, yeah. And when Michael like... Jordan was in the league, it was Michael Jordan every year. And, you know, just when – I don't even know. I don't think there's been a, two other players that are as dominant as them, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I think Giannis deserved it. It's fine. I, I wasn't that. I wasn't. I wasn't really mad at any of the the awards. Yeah. I mean, you I don't get mad, Joey. When have I ever been mad? That's <laughs> true. I, I Alex doesn't get mad. All right. Last thing. There's probably not a whole lot to say here because we've we've probably beat this into the ground. But a report came out yesterday from Sham Sharania from the Athletic that after the Clippers game seven loss, Paul George, Paul George, the leader of all leaders gave a locker room speech to his teammates about staying committed for another title run. And it was met by eye rolls and bewilderment. (laughs) (laughs) That's unbelievable. It's amazing. That's just a funny pairing. Eye rolls and bewilderment is like, eye rolls is just like, ah, fuck this. Bewilderment's like, whoa, like what's going on here? You know? And I I imagine. um, Yeah. They were probably shocked. They're like, this guy probably, you know, Doc probably tried to get Kawhi to say something and he, you know, his operating system wasn't firing correctly. And so they're like, all right, Paul George, you, you get up there. And everyone's looking like Paul George just shit the bed in game seven. Like, why, like, why are we listening to this? I don't know. This has all the signs, if these reports are accurate, that Doc's lost the team. Uh, that's where I stand. That's interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it. Um, I Yeah, I read it. My read on it was... These guys don't respect Paul George because he's a buster. And he has been for a long time. Good, good use of buster there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Me and my buddy Brian, we text each other all the time about who's on the all NBA, the NBA all buster team. So one day, we'll do that one day on here. But okay. Paul George is probably the captain at this point. Right? I, there's probably a decent, there's probably a number of Clippers on that squad now. 
yeah, I mean, Pat Beverly is way up there for me. Oh, yeah. Although I'm not sure if I have the correct definition of buster. It was just like a just like a like a fraud. I I would say it's like a li- like a little less aggressive version of a fraud. Okay, you know I'll, what I mean? Yeah, that'll be that'll be a really good episode then. Yeah, um, and I think yeah, we'd have to clarify how you get on the all buster team because Pat Beverly well, Pat Beverly is absolutely a buster, but is he is he even relevant enough to be on the all buster team? I think you got to be a little higher like tier of player. Gotcha. Yeah, we're gonna iron out all the criteria. This is, won't be subjective like this. Yeah, this is a good. This will, be, this will be a good off season. Show the NBA how to do this it. This will be a good off season project. But Paul George is. <laughs> I mean, Paul George is already on it. He's the All Buster MVP. Yeah, you, you've got the C printed on his jersey already. Yeah, for, he's uh, the. He's. He, you know what? We don't need 120 media members to vote for the All Buster <laughs> MVP. Paul George. Paul, Paul George, you win. Uh, all right, game three tonight. We'll uh, we'll recap tomorrow and uh, we'll preview. Finally, seems like it's been a week. Uh, Game four, Heat Celtics, Wednesday night. See you tomorrow.